Okay, so I'm just an idiot. Sure, but that's why you know it's crypto basic and not crypto you know advanced. Yeah, we crypto would we, we would be fired from crypto advanced. Yes, we would we would definitely have gotten Fs. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. It's Flagship Friday, and it's time for Brent Philbin and Adam Levy, who is joining me. What's up, what's up, what's up? Yes, Adam Carlos Levy has joined me on this episode. Kareem is uh, in a tournament or something in Vegas. I suspect this is going to happen a couple times over the course of the summer. Like either you or Kareem are going to be in something. Luckily I'm broke, so I'm not going to Vegas and playing in any tournaments, although I did last week and and then got strep throw for it. So anyway, <laughs> sounds about right, Vegas. Yeah, I might hate Vegas now. I don't know. Uh the the flagship episodes where we discuss all the news, current events and goings on in the cryptocurrency community for the week. We were founded here at the Crypto Basic Podcast to give the crypto community a place to learn about their favorite projects from a perspective that doesn't require technical knowledge or any deep understanding of mathematics or crypto or any of that stuff. We keep it basic, y'all. Today is Friday, June 14th, and it is our 76th Friday in a row without missing one. I mean, although technically last week was released on Saturday, that's it was recorded in time. It just wasn't really released in time. So I'm counting that as a not missed Friday. It was a good one to me. I feel like me and Kareem went pretty deep in uh, thinking about uh, postulating. Look at that big word about Facebook. Postulating. Yeah. And uh, how big of a deal this is, you know, with the coin. Actually, what's funny, I think that that got announced like when we did it. So it worked out perfectly. So interestingly enough, I write all the random copy that we have on all the posts and stuff like that. Right. So when we post our actual podcast, whatever's written there is what I wrote. Well, I was dying from strep throat i get strep throat like once a year and it's always really bad like it always knocks me off my feet so i just looked at the topics and i saw facebook and i was like okay i'm sure they talked about facebook for a while and talked all kinds of shit about facebook so i wrote like the copy as if you guys were saying bad stuff about facebook and then when i listened to the episode like yeah i mean kareem was like yeah i kind of hate facebook but you didn't really say that much bad about the project not at all I mean, if anything, this is very good for the space in general, even if Facebook might do face more Facebook stuff and have all of a sudden have a big market share of everything again. What I will say is if they're going to open source it, I'm kind of okay with it because then people will pick it apart. But if we have to trust them in any way, shape or form, I'm going to be shouting from the rooftops to get out of here. Yeah. Now to the rapid fire. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh, no, gotta, no, 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 no. Housekeeping wait, sorry. here. Sorry, my yeah, bad. We always like to talk about what shows we've released, what's coming up. We didn't release anything this week. I, I got sick, and really up until maybe two days ago, I was uh, I was basically incapacitated, maybe three days ago. Like, the day that I did my first of the two interviews that I recorded this week is, was the day that I was basically finally feeling better. I was so scared because I canceled on both of those interviews that I did this week when I got the nose surgery. And they took this long to reschedule, and I was worried that they weren't gonna cut, that they weren't gonna reschedule. But we didn't release anything this week. But next week we have sponsor content, which I know sounds like oh no, sponsor content. I hate that. Look, I turned down ninety nine percent of sponsor content. I'm not kidding. Like they offer us money all the time. All these random scam companies. I won't take a sponsored content episode unless it's worthwhile. So we're talking to the CEO of the Ember Fund. They are a non-custodial fund management for cryptocurrency. So 
they don't have that issue of they're holding your money in a hedge fund what happens and it's a pretty interesting layout so that's gonna be released either monday or tuesday look for that depends on uh, when it gets edited and then i also had a chat which turned into a 101 with the cto of iost Uh, the iost project has been kind of clamored for by our listeners for a long time and we've had that scheduled kind of on the books that is not sponsored they did not compensate us in any way for that episode that is just a 101 that we wanted to reach out to the community for so those two are coming up next week along with another flagship did you go pretty deep into the technical side? I mean, with the CTO, I assume that, you know, certain types of people, it, it's just with the technical, you can go pretty far into a lot of things like the nerd shit that everyone kind of likes sometimes. It's a full hour episode and their blockchain is built off something called proof of believability. So it's a what? completely interesting mechanism so we definitely went real deep onto what that is how it works and and that's why not it works fake that news kind of that that's a real that's proof legit of what their thing is called <laughs> okay so if you want to find out more tune in next week and now it's time for the rapid fire section adam i think you should handle this because they're already sick of hearing my voice why don't you read off the rapid fire section <laughs> Speaking of being sick of things, Facebook. Oh, we can talk about Facebook. Yeah. Awesome. So actually, yet again, this isn't necessarily anything negative about them because ultimately Uber, MasterCard, Visa, and other big companies such as like Booking.com are going to support its new cryptocurrency. And I think that's pretty cool right away. I mean, almost, yeah. So they announce it next Tuesday, June 18th, correct? Um, yeah, so they announced it next Tuesday. And I saw Charlie Shrem saying it's Facebook Libra, the Libra coin. I don't know yeah, how. Yeah, they changed the name to Libra now. Well, or it never was Global Coin or whatever they were trying to I say. I don't before. think it ever was Global Coin. That just seemed like some weird, yeah. But I mean, Libra seems kind of sleek and, and nice and it's got a good name. But yeah, it's just. It's good to see that all those companies getting on board. This means we could be getting integrated with cryptocurrency in our everyday lives very quickly. Maybe. I, so I don't, I don't know how this is going to play out. The, what they're saying basically is all of those companies have either have pledged to pay the $10 million required to be a node, which uh, is reasonably still centralizing this whole thing you know i I, i'm waiting for more real details to be leaked before i go crazy but here it's here's the thing i see facebook and i see evil like i just see something i don't want anything to do with like they have too much power they have uh not used it responsibly and they are not run by somebody with a moral compass so i am worried about anything that they have control over so if if they do produce something decentralized that they just happen to want to use with their application and we can prove that it's decentralized, not decentralized in the way that Bitcoin may be. Like if these five people control the blockchain, that's not decentralized. At least with Bitcoin, the miners could change different pools and stuff like that. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm incredulous. If I was on last week's episode, I would have, you know, been, been a little bit more of that devil on the shoulder, but so far, if they just end up creating a stable coin and 
that's all it is. I can't really knock it. That's fine. Yeah. It's, we got a Brent saying Facebook is fine on the record. I'll take anything over Tether. Yeah. Very true, which has been somewhat quiet. We haven't really heard much news from te- on the Tether front recently. Yeah, ever since they finally said they weren't backed. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should uh, do a little Google next time and uh, see if there's any, any news there. Um, because, I mean, just every week they were doing stuff. Uh, so the next is another big company, but uh, probably a more favorable sentiment from Brent and I. Uh, Binance is actually launching a cryptocurrency exchange in us it they didn't give a date when it's happening but it's with a fincen partner registered partner and i always i mean there i always forget what i mean i know what fincen is definitely dealing with you know finances and but i forget what it stands for but i know it's a very serious organization that you probably don't want to mess with I actually think one time I was going to Bahamas and there were FinCEN agents that were there to count my money to make sure I was not taking over over 10,000. Yeah. And actually I was taking $25,000 to play in a poker tournament there. If you uh, declare it it's fine, but if you don't tell them then they'll steal that shit. Yeah. I guess they're very into anti money laundering, AML and all of that and yeah so that's pretty cool that uh binance the company's called bam trading service i'm not exactly i've never heard of them but it's cool that they are registered with fincen already and man what do you think of binance coming to the u.s in a legal fashion no it's good so at first when you hear this you're like what are you talking about binance is coming to the u.s like we've had binance forever i've used binance i use binance every day i'm a u.s customer <laughs> but you can't fiat on board or off board from binance that's yeah. the key so if they've partnered with fincen which is basically just the financial crimes division of one of the law enforcement agencies in the united states so if they've partnered with somebody in there some firm that's involved in that or something then that means that they're basically working with somebody who's going to audit their AML, KYC, so that it's fine. And you will be able to, if you choose to do so, fiat with Binance, which would be very good. Binance actually has more volume than Coin Market Cap generally. Or I'm sorry, Coin Market Cap, uh, Coinbase generally. So it's going to be good for another option for US customers, especially if they make something as user friendly as Coinbase and don't charge the massive fees that Coinbase charges. Yeah. Also, just one other little tidbit is that people don't really know who BAM trading, B-A-M, like all caps, trading services is. Uh, The company company registered as a money services business with FinCEN, but and the address is listed in California. So I think that so the company can only really conduct business in Cali. I'm not sure how that's going to work in regards to Binance, maybe. But like, it's definitely a start. Uh, so we'll see how this unfolds over the coming weeks. My guess is they're probably like some sort of little startup or little consultation firm, and there's not much behind them other than somebody who's going to go in and tell them that they need to have certain know your customer laws. I mean, I feel like I would be qualified to do that with my casino training and what we've had to, you know, what we know about MTLs and CTRs and all that stuff from inside of the casino with the Bank Secrecy Act. But yep. It's good to hear the Binance. Dude, we suck at rapid fire, by the way. No, see, <laughs> we, just, what we need to do is we need to sometimes just say this is a not so rapid fire. Because I yeah, felt like it, the, this wasn't going to, this wasn't really going to be that rapid this time. We blew it. Yeah. 
we fucked next up. time okay we'll learn less rapid so, less rapid rapid fire binance come to us good all right that, that could have been summed up right there next is uh give us the next one all right so the next one is reuters and bloomberg will soon provide cryptocurrency data and it, they'll have access to the top 100 performing cryptocurrencies and that's pretty cool so the, yet again it's just like some conventional trading services are now jumping on board with cryptocurrency and it could be a little bit an old man here but i don't like terminal they are if i understand it correctly they're basically this service that you can pay a massive amount of money to be a part of that basically gives you the news before they release it to the general public so it's like not really insider trading because technically you can pay a ton of money to get into it, but it is basically facilitating insider trading on anyone who doesn't have a spare 10 grand laying around that won't cripple their portfolio. But anyway, or whatever it is, it's, I don't remember how much it is. It's a lot. Maybe there's something I'm not understanding about it, but whatever, I'll just be grouchy. I just thought that terminal, like when I read the article, I just, just thought terminal just meant, hey, this is a oh, you know Ameritrade what? or I'm something. I'm confusing like, things. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's something called the wire, I think. It's, it's the wire or the terminal. I, damn it. Okay. If it's, if it's just a word for like inside of the actual trading view, that's fine. If it's the word for you get the information for everybody else, I'm mad. I don't know. No, no, no. It's, I don't, I, I do not think it, it was that. I think it was just a, you know, word for because it's not capitalized in the article or anything like that. It just says ah. respective terminals as in. OK, so you know, I'm just but, an idiot. Sure. But that's why, you know, it's crypto basic and not crypto, you know, advanced. Yeah, we, crypto would, we, expert. we would be fired from crypto advanced. <laughs> yes, we would. We would definitely have gotten F's. So, yeah, I think that's cool. Just yet another small little thing that's uh, allowing cryptocurrencies to be more palatable to the everyday trader. And yeah, I think that's about it for the not so rapid rapid fire. Wasn't quite so rapid. No. Would you like to uh, start the next segment, the segment that you truly love, bullish or bullshit, Brent? Well, you want to bullish or bullshit? We have two, two bullish or bullshits this week, Adam. Wow. This is going to be our first one. All right. So the first bullish or bullshit here. The title is you let me know what you think about this. No reading ahead. Google will integrate Chainlink which is a, a cryptocurrency project in their approach to smart contract adoption. What do you think is Google integrating a coin called Chainlink into their smart contract adoption? I want to say I was surprised by Chainlink, you know, then Google going together. But I mean, granted, it, it's hard for me to answer because I happen to see like, you know, I'm ch I cheated a little bit unintentionally. So, yeah, I'm going bullish. All right. I believe this title of the article to be bullshit, although it is a cool little thing that they have going on. So let's explain what's happening here. We always like to hear about Google and blockchain together. So what what is actually happening? What I'll tell you is the reason I consider it bullshit is they didn't actually they're not actually doing anything. They're not actually integrating anything. They're not actually announcing plans to integrate anything. They just wrote a paper about how you could do some things with ethereum and Chainlink. hold on just, so they just do it, it. I, i'm sorry to interrupt but i want i'm looking at the bullish or bullshit uh headline and the headline is using very tricky language to make it seem like they are doing something very 
serious and very like yeah because it says google will integrate Chainlink in their approach to smart contract adoption when you see google will integrate Chainlink, your brain shuts off the average reader just sees that and is like oh wow google's integrating Chainlink." it's like no 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 not so fast it's actually they're just going to be thinking about using Chainlink for for smart contract adoption. The actual correct title for this would have been Google writes paper about how Ethereum and Chainlink could work together. <laughs> like it's it would be a much more accurate piece. That that's why we have to keep the media in check. It's absolutely ridiculous. You're saying, yeah, this was written a little bit tricky. It is tricky. This coin pumped 50% in an hour on this news today. And there was no reason for that. It had nothing to do with any actual adoption. They were just saying, here's some use cases for this. And here's why. Now, it is cool. There are some cool use cases, but nothing changed as of two days ago with Chainlink. It's not like they were formed a partnership. And they're not claiming that, but they definitely were happy with the wording of this article and shared it. In fact, I think they use the exact wording in their tweet. So uh, yeah, here, here's I mean, what it's I, actually. Yeah. What's actually happening is they are explaining a way to use Chainlink and the Ethereum blockchain and use the Chainlink D app and what it could be used for and why. So they came up with three cool use cases for the the Chainlink. It's called something specific. It's called BigQuery. And it's a an oracle, basically. So the, an oracle is a way to get information that you couldn't just program into code. So if I asked you who won the Warriors game tonight, you could tell me who won the Warriors game tonight very easily because you can interpret that information and create your, be an oracle yourself. But the Ethereum blockchain can't tell me who won the game tonight. They have no way of knowing. But if they put out a function that says Warriors won game, true or false and there was a trusted system for telling them true or false, then they could use that information on their blockchain and go with it. So an Oracle is basically something that puts that information in a way that a computer program can understand. And that's what is happening here. So what are some of the use cases for that with Chainlink and Ethereum? Prediction markets, we see that with Augur and, and the rep system where the people act as Oracles, choosing yes or no hedging bets against blockchain platform risk so that's kind of incorporated there with the prediction markets but basically they're saying you can find a way to bet on another blockchain in case the one that you developed your entire company on goes bust and i think that's what they're saying interesting and finally this one i read this and i was like what enabling commit slash reveals across ethereum using submarine sends so I read, I read that and I'm like, how is that a summary of anything? That doesn't make any sense to me. So basically what a submarine send is, is a pseudo <laughs> private option to send a transaction. It's a way to get a transaction out there, but not specifically disclose the contents of that transaction until it's already done. And the reason this matters is because inside of decentralized exchanges, what's happening is there's a process called front loading, which if you know how the blockchains work and you see trades being broadcast to the network on a decentralized exchange, and you know that there's only a certain amount of room on that block, you could just fill up the rest of the space with your own orders, knowing what they're going to be, almost like you're going back in time and executing and taking advantage of that order that was broadcast. So there's a couple other 
weird little ways you could take advantage of that but but basically it's a limitation of the blockchain it's why decentralized exchanges are having such a hard time catching on that and they're difficult to use so it was it rears its head biggest at ico releases when people really start messing with the chain when these icos go off and they're not on any exchanges anywhere so one thing i did like in the article and that i do believe is pretty bullish now the the article itself is not the article itself the wording of the article is bullshit but the quote from the article and this was written by google is the decentralized finance movement is rapidly gaining adoption due to its successful reinvention of the existing financial system in blockchain environments which on a technical basis are more trustworthy and transparent than current systems so it's a pretty definitive statement they weren't saying somebody else said it they were saying that's this the opinion of the writer of this piece who works for google it wasn't like just a guest blogger or something the that they think the finance movement is rapidly gaining adoption due to successful reinvention yes i mean i can agree with that i do think that you have to go a little bullish here because this tweet was not by Chainlink. This tweet was from Google Cloud with 800K followers. It's not like, you know, so clearly maybe the wording of the actual headline is a bit sensationalist, but they are definitely working with Google in some. Kind of got you there a little bit. I didn't mean to get you, but the tweet was the title <laughs> that I pulled. The title of Google's actual article is building hybrid blockchain cloud applications with Ethereum and Google Cloud. So they're basically just showing how it can operate in the cloud. And they've said that. They're not saying they are building it. They're just it's pretty clear uh, inside of it okay. what, how it works. But the the tweet was the specific wording that I read that I read there. So it's definitely a bullish thing for crypto. It is a bullshit thing for the tweet that Chainlink sent out. Aha. Uh-huh. So there we have it. I think that was a pretty good... Uh, oh, wait, we actually have one more uh, bullish or bullshit. Well, let's break it up. Let's break it up. Why don't you tell us about okay. some retail giant out there, and then I'll come back in with a bullish or bullshit. Okay, so there was just an article that popped up uh, earlier, very early on in the week, and we. it appears that Target is... Been, has been quietly working on blockchain for supply chains. And now this isn't that big of a surprise, but it's nice to see. But what, you know, what was funny is that you would think Target would be working on stuff like this, but we had not seen any tidbits about it. We've seen Walmart. We've seen, you know, probably a lot of other companies. And yeah, so I guess Target is has actually been working on blockchain within that space for about, I'd, I'd estimate, at least three years. Because uh, apparently they hired this guy who I'm definitely going to butcher his last name. It's Arthi Sinivasan. Yeah, forgive me for that, uh, yeah, Arthi. I mean, I'm glad I didn't have to pronounce that one. Yeah, Kareem there you go. would have made me do it. He would have stopped the whole show and made me do it. I actually think I did a pretty good job for what it's worth. Uh, it's not the first time we've encountered that S R I N I like name at the end. Uh, and he is, he was actually hired as director of product management for machine learning and blockchain. This was in 2016 and they, up until recently, they had not really publicized anything regarding blockchain. And funny enough, we mentioned Walmart was using, uh, the hyperledger, the hyperledger grid, which is IBM's supply chain framework. And I think Target has also started supporting that as well. 
So Target has pledged to support IBM's Hyperledger Grid, uh, which is a supply chain framework, and they're definitely... I wouldn't say that they're, uh, you know, pledging to support is far different than being a partner, but it does seem like that is something on the horizon. And I think we should be expecting a lot more from Target. It's good to see them in the uh, blockchain space because I was wondering, you know, I'd say that as far as Walmart and goes, Target's probably not too far behind. And to be honest, I'd much rather shop at Target than Walmart by a lot. And I, I pay the premium to go to Target, not to deal with Walmart people. Yeah. And the Target's got some pretty good brands, you know, solid brands, uh, their own brands. And they've actually been seeking to hire a blockchain engineer, a systems developer on their career page. They're incorporating identity verification tech, which I assume at some point there's, that's that'll be easily or not easily, but nothing's really easily put on the blockchain, I'd say at this point. But yeah, I think that they're going they're starting to devote a lot more time and effort to they're realizing, just like many of the other big companies, that we should be on the blockchain doing more stuff in that. Blockchain's here to stay. I think it's pretty clear. And a decentralized blockchain may not be here to stay. I believe it is. But I, what I do see is with IBM's Hyperledger or some of the other solutions, maybe like Kadena without without the uh, or their permission blockchain and that kind of thing, they're safe for a company. I promise you Target doesn't really care about decentralization. They are up in the 1%. They can control whatever they want. They can lobby whoever they want. They don't have those moral reasons or those ideological reasons to care about decentralization they care about good business practices and blockchain supply chain management is a good business practice ibm understands that and they've created that with hyperledger grid they've got a couple of pieces in that hyperledger uh, there's like i haven't done enough research on it to understand it. in fact I, honestly if any of our listeners have a contact at ibm that they could get out here i'd love to do a hyperledger 101 and learn about basically the biggest centralized blockchain and see or company and see what what they're doing. I know they have one chain that's either pseudo decentralized or actually decentralized. I don't know, but yeah, if you're a big company, why would you bother with all this? Everybody gets hacked. Everybody's got to go to DAOs and all this stuff. You just go with the easy thing. It, you yeah. You, you pay some consultant fifty thousand dollars. He tells you that IBM's Hyperledger is the play, and you go with them. That's how it works. For most of these, but yeah, I, I I think you're going to see a lot of these businesses. They're not gonna. They're just gonna go the route that's easiest and most profitable. And I don't want that to necessarily take away from. So it's not really adding to the market cap of all blockchains. You know, IBM's is a privately owned. They don't have a hyperledger. Doesn't have a coin. You know. Right. Well, actually, I I think they kind of have to have a native coin to do the transactions, but it doesn't necessarily have to have any value. Like you might maybe you purchase it from IBM, you purchase 100 million of their coins so that you can do 100 million computations or whatever the case, you know, like you go to MailChimp and you're allowed to email X contacts on your your thing. I think it's probably similar. Blockchain and cryptocurrency are different. So cryptocurrency, things that increase the value of cryptocurrency, increase the market cap. Things that increase adoption of blockchain don't directly increase the market cap. But if more things are on blockchain, then blockchain can interact with more things. So as these companies focus on interoperability, like Cardano is, 
then you have something that could directly increase the market cap or at least the adoption of these things. If Cardano can be used on top of the same hyperledger just by deciding these Cardano coins are going to be part of a centralized blockchain or whatever, or something like Icon partners with it in some way, then you will have some sort of derivative value that goes towards the cryptocurrency market. Now, is that already built into the price? I don't know, probably. There's hype built into the price all the time. We just talked about a 50% increase in in uh, Chainlink because somebody worded a tweet trickily. But yeah, so it's all good. I, I, I don't hate on IBM for Hyperledger. I don't consider them like an evil company. I know Reddit hates them because they've had some bad uh, experiences with firing employees and that kind of thing. But IBM knows what it's doing, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Reddit can be a fickle bunch, but I do think that IBM seems... They, this is now the second week in a row we've mentioned Hyperledger. I can tell you that supply chains are a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, we've, we're dealing with so many logistics problems at Wild Foods, and there's so much of your time as, a, like, if you were a logistics manager, is calling people and figuring out where your shit is. Like, there's... They're like, oh, yeah, we did this. Uh, let me go talk to John over on receiving and see what he has to say. And you don't know where anything is. And then you find it, you find it and it's on the wrong truck or something like that. I mean, I, there, there definitely is place for improvement in supply chain logistics, especially like when with the company I work for, there's mostly small suppliers. So they really don't have their shit together. So it's definitely rife for innovation. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, pretty good. We're, I guess this actually became more story on IBM Hyperledger, but either way, uh, if it keeps popping up, we're going to keep talking about it. And now, Brent, would you like to talk about a country, a very small one? Go for it. I feel like you guys might have talked about this on the last show. Did you talk about Liechtenstein? I, I think Kareem mentioned like all the small countries except for Liechtenstein, even Marshall Islands or something. Okay. So I didn't want to rehash something just in case. I didn't think we talked about it, but here's the title, Bullish or Bullshit. First, I want you to tell me whether you think it's Bullish or Bullshit, and then I want you to tell me your understanding of the title of the article without jumping ahead. A bank in Liechtenstein grew its traffic by 900% by selling cryptocurrencies. Wow. That's pretty crazy um i'd say that's bullish okay and what is your understanding of that actual before you go into reading this article what do you think it's gonna say uh i think that it's just gonna say that because they started offering all these cryptocurrencies people started going there because it was one of the few places that actually you know offered it and it was clearly you know a hot commodity and yeah, I would think that Liechtenstein probably doesn't have that many places that are you know, have cryptocurrency access. So I had a similar thought. So when I looked at this article, I was like, wow. So people grew their business by ninefold by people coming there. And then you'll see that while this technically this title of this article is bullish, they're not technically lying, the way it's presented makes you think of something else other than what's actually happening. So it's a little up in the air, but I'm leaning towards bullshit and I'm going to show you why. First, let's talk about Liechtenstein because I didn't know anything about it. So I want to know what the, what's going on with this country. The first thing that I thought of when I heard of Liechtenstein was Heath Ledger. And he he played the Ulrich von Liechtenstein in, um, what the, in A Knight's Tale. 
great movie. And I guess that's where he came from. I guess that's why they were able to get away with the fact that he wasn't really a lord for such a long time. I did not know that. It's a German-speaking country that's in between Austria and Switzerland. And it takes up a total area of 61.78 square miles uh, and has 37,000 people. To put that into perspective for Americans, our smallest state is Rhode Island. And Rhode Island is 20 times the size of Liechtenstein. <laughs> so this is essentially a city and not even a particularly big city. What, you know, like, well, actually, it's a pretty big city because it's 61 square miles would basically be what, eight, eight by eight miles. So, yeah, actually, not even a particularly big city. Eight miles by eight miles, basically. They have a lot of castles. Like if you Google Liechtenstein, there's pictures of castles all over the place. They have one of the highest GDPs per person in the world. So as I'm reading this stuff, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe it's just like they had a lot of money that wanted to go into cryptocurrencies and it was just waiting. So that kind of makes sense. But then, then I remembered whenever these countries or not countries, but online retailers implement pay with crypto, they get nobody doing it. Like even the crypto sites, like I remember Doug Polk saying he took crypto for his poker training site and nobody paid in crypto even though they're using crypto on the online poker sites and he's a cryptocurrency influencer he got almost nobody to ever use it really so people aren't really using it for transactions so i was wondering why people would flock to a bank for investments or whatever so the reason they had such a high gdp is they used to be like a tax haven for billionaires the billionaires used to go there uh, because of their tax purposes, it's not like that anymore. They have gotten more integrated. Uh, they're a member of the UN, and their currency is the Swiss franc. So I thought maybe their currency would suck or something. It would be like the Lichtenberger coin, or Lichtenstein coin, Lichtenberger, <laughs> and that people might not want whatever their local currency is. And I thought, well, let's see if they're on the euro, and but they're on the Swiss franc, which is a fine, stable currency. So it's not that. So I was wondering, like, what happened? So I started to read the article. The company's name is Bank Frick. <laughs> what the frick? I love the name. Yeah, like what the frick is going on here? Um, and March of last year, they started offering crypto to professional traders and financial consulting customers. They only did Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Ripple, Litecoin, Ethereum Classic, NEM, Qtum, and uh, Stellar. They could only make one transaction per day for their investors. They held everything in cold storage. So they literally, if you were making a transaction, they would go get your cold storage for you. It's not like you had your keys, but they would go get your cold storage, do the transaction, and then go put it back so that it was like in a box or something like that. They weren't really taking it out. Uh, And now they're, they're creating a subsidiary called DLT Markets where they're going to be doing more active trading. So you'll be able to do more than one a day. And it'll be kind of like, you know, our, our standard exchange custodial style stuff. So here's the 900. I finally got to the 900% part. After all that, I was like, what is this 900%? Like, what's going on? <laughs> they had 900% more website visits. That's the traffic that the, that the article's title is talking about. Oh, it's not talking come about on. Foot traffic to the place. Ah, uh, man. And we're not talking about a lot of traffic. It's not like they were getting 50,000 views and they went up to, you know, nine times that and went to 45,000. They were getting 120 page visits per day, and they went up to 1,250 at their peak. And it's not like they maintained that. They just journalists that. are so clever these days with their their headlines. It's whack. Here's what's happening: people are posting articles that say a bank in Liechtenstein is doing crypto, and people are going to look at it. And they're, that's all that's happening because, like, we get more downloads than this company is getting visits to their site. Like, if we release a big episode. 
then we get a lot more downloads. Like if, like when we had Peter McCormick on the show, we got significantly more downloads than we normally would. Did I go out there and be like, the Crypto Basic Podcast grew 900% this month in listeners versus last? No. So I guess it's technically true. Like they did increase their traffic by 900%, but it should have said website traffic. It should, like, it should have been very clear that that was not foot traffic, that that was not transactions, that was not people, that was not people investing in them not it wasn't uh coin cap none of that stuff man this makes me really like uh i kind of want to rant a little bit because think about how tough it is for me and you reading articles to decipher what the article is sometimes you, know, you see traffic you think okay well, maybe that means volume no it doesn't mean volume it means literal website traffic they just submitted website but then think about the people that are way older than us the baby boomers, you know, they're just all, I saw it today. There was a guy that posted, it was a friend's dad on Twitter. He was like, wow, I want to go on this amusement ride. But it was, it was, you watched it and it was clearly just some absurd, you know, a mock-up, you know, an animation that they made look <laughs> as real as possible. And it was clearly not real. And the, and the way that the physics, the physics of the people that were moving on this amusement ride were not possible it just looked like, <laughs> it's like it was like roller coaster tycoon yeah and it actually barstool <laughs> posted it the other day and it was like they should never make a real uh thing like this because it, it was just like picture the seattle that needle and then picture it just space like needle. contracting yeah, the space needle and going up and down real fast and then there are people hanging from it and it was like okay this is clearly not real you know but these people think it's real and it, it's like okay that's great so you think that's real. What else do you think is real? Do you think a Trump? Do you think this? Do you think that? Good luck trying to get them to integrate themselves into anything cryptocurrency related. And good luck them thinking that something is a legit link when it probably says not secure in red letters, but they didn't notice that. So I don't know. This just made me think about long-term implementation with a lot of people or with just like the masses. And it's definitely a little worrisome, especially as AI you know, gets way better. Whose fault? Fucking Facebook. That's whose fault it is because Fine, they can look Brent. at these articles. They don't have to click on them. They're rolling through their newsfeed. And there's been studies that show that people who read just the headlines of the articles tend to believe that they know more about the uh, political climate than those that uh, say that they read the entire article. I, I think they're, I'm, I'm actually making that up though. Like fact check me on that. But there, there's a study somewhere that shows a correlation between just reading the titles of the articles and thinking you know more than you do in Dunning-Kruger. Yeah. So it is, it's brutal. That's why I really try to go into these. And what's funny is both of those, I wrote bullish or bullshit before I went into them because the titles set off red flags to me. I was like, there's no way they went up 900% in business. That doesn't make any sense. I know what crypto does when you integrate it. It does nothing. Like it might <laughs> increase half a percent if you really get the community involved or something like that. You yeah. Know? So it's just brutal. Anyway, that's the end of that one and my mini Facebook second rant. I'm going to talk about one more thing before I talk about another thing, which is personal. So but you're talking about two things. This thing, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk about, well, I'm talking about one thing that's important and then you can tune out of the show if you don't want to hear me cry about my personal life. Although it's an interesting cry. So <laughs> a coin market cap has launched a data and, account and accountability transparency alliance. They call it data. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Remember Bitcoin 2 from last week that you guys were like, what is Bitcoin 2? Yeah, I remember that. And so, Brent, what is Bitcoin 2? Please tell me. I don't know. 
I have no idea what Bitcoin 2 is, but I know that they're basically on just two super shitty exchanges, and those exchanges had a ton of fake volume, so they just like made Bitcoin 2 appear in the top 100 of the coin market cap. And that's a problem. We've talked about other solutions that mitigate that. We've talked about like on-chain FX, where they have an entire rating for the different exchanges and their, and their fake volume and that kind of thing. It looks like those other options are putting some pressure on coin market cap or coin market cap is just moving slower because it's a bigger company and they've created this data, this uh, data accountability and transparency alliance. It's kind of annoying that it's called data and the first word is data. In we've, the... we've definitely covered this uh, on the show a few weeks ago. I think it was. Yeah, we covered something similar. No, we covered. We talked about coin market caps 50 year anniversary and we talked about data, but it hadn't actually been enacted yet. Ah, okay. Well, it's not really enacted yet either. Yeah. Uh, there's just a bunch of people have joined up. That was just the day so, that they announced it. So now you're okay. Now we have companies announcing it. Got it. Here's the companies that are signed up. And, and some of these names are going to raise some eyebrows. Uh, we've got Binance, Bittrex, Liquid, IDEX, OKEX, Huobi, HitBTC, UpBit, KuCoin, Bitfinex, OceanEX, Bythum or Bithum, Bancor, Gate.io, Bbox, Hacken, Exmo, Coinfloor, BitTrue, Switchio, Midas Protocol, Crypto Briefing, and Flipside Crypto. A couple of those are, I think they're just news outlets, but there's definitely a lot of decentralized exchanges in there, which makes sense because you can verify what's going on on a decentralized exchange nice and easy. But you've also got Bitfinex, you've got KuCoin, you've got HitBTC. All of those are dubious exchanges in my opinion. HitBTC is extremely dubious, and KuCoin and KuCoin, maybe not as much. They've definitely set up some red flags. They're like partnered with Ian Polina at some point. I think KuCoin's gotten a little better, but Bitfinex and uh, HitBTC, I'd definitely get on board with that. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't use any of them or any of those three that I mentioned. And I don't know enough about some of these other ones to say whether I'd use them or not. And it appears that what this is, is going to be like a council of some kind. And there are some goals here. The number one goal is they want them all to use a standard API across all platforms. Of course, they want them to use CoinMarketCap's API, which they charge for now. So that's an interesting way to shove your product on somebody's throat. Twice yearly, they want to have a roundtable panel, basically, with everybody and talk about updates to their transparency policy. Uh, They want to fund different proof-of-concept prototype projects from this, and I guess the, uh, the representatives from each of these exchanges is going to vote towards that. That's all we know for now. They're going to release more information as they get it or maybe as they even figure it out. But um, what's happening here is they're catching up to some of the other pieces of the crypto puzzle who have put some pressure on them to do things. Now, remember, CoinMarketCap has definitely made some stumbles over the course of their history. While the entire community is telling them to delist or get rid of BitConnect off of their thing so that it wasn't showing not only were they not getting rid of it, but they were running ads for Bitcoin. Yeah, well, getting paid too much. Yeah, that's, that's too bad. One of the primary reasons that I'm so careful about where any of our possible revenue streams from the podcast come from. And we spoke with Luke from CoinMarketCap when we were in Thailand. And Luke was a great guy, and he had a lot of great things to say about this and, and about the company. And he was explaining that, like... They got paid a lot of money by BitConnect, and by the time they figured out that they were a scam, they had already gotten all the bad press from it, but they did take them down. They were shilling HitBTC, but not making it super clear that it was an ad, and they also fixed that. And I I can thank the organizer of that conference for seeing that I was talking to Luke and then coming over and saying, hey, Brent hates CoinMarketCap. You should talk to him about that, and then walking away. (laughs) Um, But they've gotten better, 
and they're doing a little bit better as a representative for the space and as the primary representative for the space but i don't know that this is the right way to go like i don't know that giving some of these exchanges that have a really dubious trust rating a vote at the table of what is i guess you know the knights of the round table of exchanges and stuff we'll see coin market cap is still a business so we gotta see how it goes like they're still trying to make money and they'll take money from these people i'm kind of in between i don't really know how it goes or i don't know how this is gonna go uh, i do know there are better options out there i try to remember to use some of the other options when i'm looking for prices so that i can get a good understanding of what my portfolio looks like but many times i just default to typing coin market cap into google it's just muscle memory at this point and i i feel like a lot of people are on that same page i like so. coin cap better but i still just use coin market cap yeah. more and the search feature doesn't work i just tried it like if i type in a coin out of the top 100 it just doesn't find it i have to and interesting it's just, just so yeah i mean i don't know mac uh iphone problems you don't have to deal with that but i guess that is maybe foreshadowing for you but oh yeah oh yeah. god yes. <laughs> maybe a little bit of foreshadowing there yeah but yeah we'll so see got how some the... massive delay on this we might be talking over each other a little bit when this okay. finally gets released <laughs> we you're i think we're on like it's like a full three second delay it's kind of crazy wow but we'll see how coin market cap uh does with this i feel like they are making ultimately they're making attempts to go in the right direction or no they're i mean they're doing they're still a good i feel like they're you know positive light not every company can be perfect and you know we'll see how it goes it's, this seems like a positive thing for the space overall yep i agree it could be positive should be positive and hopefully those that become members will make it positive or it could be negative i don't know we'll see We'll keep you covered. We'll keep you up to date. Maybe I can, uh, maybe I'll reach out to Luke. Oh, I lost his contact information because I lost my, damn it, lost my telegram. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully the person who stole my telegram doesn't figure that out. Okay. So <laughs> as you were alluding to, the rest of this episode is going to be nonsense about me getting hacked again. So if you don't want to hear about that, that's it. You can quit now. But as happened a couple of months ago, I was hacked and I was hacked again adam uh come on bro so, just get an iphone get an iphone and actually that doesn't matter i guess it, it's more just get yeah, off of t-mobile i mean yes so i've been a big proponent of t-mobile i've really been happy with their service a lot of times i liked some of the things that they were doing i have been growing more and more weary and upset with them as they go on john made a lot of great changes in that company and i think he's either resting on his laurels or we're running into a lot of Peter, Peter principles at this company. But I got the notification that my SIM card was changed again. So I was, I was SIM cloned and I know this is happening a lot, but last time they had at least hacked my email and I understand how it happened. They used an old, 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 old email that I completely forgot about, to be honest. Like I, it was basically a spam email like that was original and they hacked that because I had a really shitty password. And they used that to get my sim card changed because they said oh send it to my old email and it was still in the account i guess so they sent it to there and swapped out the sim now nothing happened they didn't get any of my shit so the first time i stopped them i have really pretty good security i mean please don't take that as a challenge in any way and honestly you'd be really disappointed if you found out how much crypto i actually have <laughs> but uh but this time was a little bit different so this time it turns out well, I'll just tell you what happened. I, I was sitting here and I had just finished up my interview with IOST and I get a notification that my SIM card had been changed. And I'm like, come on. So I start freaking out. I start doing my like 
reverse hacking and trying to stop the hacker, right? So the first thing they try to get into is my authy. So clearly they're going after exchanges, um, which some exchanges only used authy when I signed up for them. Like Gemini didn't have another option. Um, and I think, uh, the other one uphold didn't have another option. They both do now. So I'm off of the, I'm off of that shit. Now authy is shit. Don't use authy ever. And, uh, they were able to get into that pretty quickly because they have my phone number now, but I was yeah. able to re get them out of it. And then they got into my telegram. Now I was able to basically blow up my telegram and stop them from logging on. But at the same time, it's attached to my phone number. And by the end of the story, I'm, I've changed my number. So, uh, so I get, I get on with T-Mobile support. Honestly, at some point I, this rep was so bad that I felt like I called a scam. I felt like I called a scammer and I was being like, Oh yeah, just, uh, let me log into your computer here. It's going to be fine. So I literally even asked the person, I'm like, how can you prove to me that you're a T-Mobile rep? Like at this point, I feel like I'm getting scammed because you're doing such a bad job at this. So they transferred me to somebody else and they sent me an email that showed that I wasn't getting scammed. Right. So I basically tell them like, I don't want to switch back to my old SIM, shut down both SIMs, shut down the number, put a note in the account to not let that account be unlocked unless I show up with two forms of ID. And they do, they put all those notes in there and they, they lock the account. So when I go to sleep, I have my phone number is shut down and I have no active SIM card, which I'm fine with. There's a T-Mobile store around the corner. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go right there and I'm going to give them two forms of ID. I wake up to a message saying that a a new SIM card has been added to my phone. And it it happened about a half hour before I woke up. It was my old SIM card. They added it back to the phone. So I get a hold of a T-Mobile rep on Twitter and I'm like, what is going on? This shouldn't be happening. And they said, oh yeah, our fraud team went ahead and added that back to your account after they did an audit and they think it's fine. I'm like, what do you mean it's fine? Both SIM card numbers are sitting in an email. I don't, it's been plain text. I don't know where that goes through. Like that can't be secure. I don't want that SIM card attached there anymore. And I'm like, yeah, there's nothing we can do. You got to go into the store. It's like, well, I'm on my way to the store. I'm texting and driving right now with you on here. But yeah, I get to the store and they can see all the notes and all that stuff. They do, to their credit, ask me for two forms of ID. And while I'm there, I'm just like, okay, let's swap the SIM card out. They can't even do it right away. They got to send an email to support or to fraud department who needs to like wait a couple hours and get it back to them because they thought they were doing a good thing by making it so that the SIM card couldn't be swapped and then putting my old one back on there. So it turns out it was a guy who came into a store and did this. It's not even just like somebody called a call center until they got an idiot that let them do it. This person walked into a store and put their iPhone on my account. Wow. In Ohio. And they clearly knew that I was involved in crypto because I I feel like Authy and Telegram being number one and number two targets is pretty crypto related, right? So, um, end result is I, I blew that number up gone i've removed that number from every it took me hours and hours and hours but i've removed that number from every single account that i've ever had so it doesn't exist anywhere anymore it it completely doesn't exist i switched to a new number and uh (laughs) so i've had that number i text you know the last 30 people that i've texted right you got a text this morning saying got hacked here's my new number well within three hours of having that number (laughs) i'm getting calls from debt collectors asking for like some name that i can't pronounce all, all three of them. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, come on. So I've gotten three deck collectors calls in two hours. I also logged on to WhatsApp and I had like a bunch of what looked like, like you would expect one of those Nigerian Prince scammer WhatsApps to look like, like their profile is like a huge opportunity and all this stuff. And they've got like just a picture of like the side of their face like this. And yeah, so 
we got rid of that number. <laughs> we had that number for about two hours and then got a new one. So that was my story of getting hacked again. There you and go. This time I was proud of some of my friends. I hope you don't get hacked ever again. So I don't have to sit through another story of that. <laughs> I also hope I don't get hacked ever again. I don't want to tell that story. I don't like telling that story. It's not a good story. My friends, though, when I, I sent a message to copy paste it to everybody that said I was hacked. This is my new number. A bunch of friends responded with prove it. And I did. They probably aren't happy with the pictures that they got back, but they I did I, I did prove it and I am proud of those friends for taking the extra step to verify who I was. You should always be doing that. I got into the habit of that playing poker online because poker stars you would ask for a transfer and then they would be like uh, but sometimes people Skype someone would hit a dumb link aim you know, whatever it was. Yes, Amon's yeah. Messenger. You would get a... You Fish would hit got a link. hacked on Amon. Fish got hacked. Everyone... Guy got thousands. Yeah. So what I would do is I would just ask a very random, odd question that only they would know or they would... It was like an inside joke, you know? And um, mm -hmm. so you have to... You really just have to always stay vigilant and stay on top of things. And honestly, crypto is tough because that this is the thing. Was going back to talking about, you know, it's just not safe out there, really. It, it, there's 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 pitfalls at, at a lot of places. There's some places that look like websites that uh, that can pass that that you think seem safe, but it's actually you just sending someone like your private key or something. You have to just be really careful yep. about everything. I can't trust that enough. You know, have secure passwords. And uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully Brent doesn't have to deal with this again. Hopefully he, doesn't, he gets rid of T-Mobile and never uses Authy ever again. SMS text is bad news. It is. L listen to our Privacy 101 if you're interested in learning more about this. I, I followed the steps that I followed in Privacy 101. They didn't get anything either time. The only thing that is possibly, and I haven't checked, is that neither one of us may have access to my Telegram, um, which whatever is better than the alternative. I don't really use Telegram for much anyways. What those friends did get, though, by Adam, there's a Japanese steakhouse in Vegas called Musashi. It's my favorite teppanyaki-style place that I've ever been to. And, you know, if you've been to, like, Benihana and think you know what good Japanese hibachi teppanyaki-style stuff is, you're wrong. Benihana sucks. Don't go to them anymore. Um, you know, they, they although Rocky Aoki's pretty cool, or was. He's dead, right? Anyway, he was pretty cool. Is he dead? I don't even know. Anyway, yes. <laughs> they what part of their show is that they put this giant dildo on the table and like put some sauce on it and they're like, oh, lick it off or whatever. And they it, it's it's funny. Well, the picture that all my friends got was I can a actually confirm that this is true for bachelor <laughs> parties. They do that for I mean, I'm closing my eyes here because it's just like, yes, Brent. Yeah, you're right. It is technically true. Um, and also for ba uh, bachelorette parties, they will actually make a vagina out of rice. Yes. Um, just to, yeah, like the, they do everything. It's it's an adventure. It's, it's, it's pretty fun if you're in Vegas and you want something off the beaten path for sure. It is really good. And, and they don't always do it. Like they do it for, if they know you're like a group of poker players that's been there a million times, they don't, uh, they don't really do it, but the but we we asked because one of our friends was in the group hadn't done it, and I was like, "Hey, can we have like the big dessert?" And I did this thing with my hand, and he was like, "Oh, you want the big dessert? All right." And then they went in the back and got it. So the picture that all my friends got for verification was a picture of me holding it. So it was uh you know they 
they probably regret asking for verification so now all of a sudden they're not going to do it anymore but i am proud of them for doing it nonetheless i think this seems like a great time to end the podcast one of the very few podcasts maybe ever to end uh but on a story about a massive dildo at a teppanyaki place I mean, that doesn't really happen very yeah, often. at a teppanyaki place. I mean, we've had Spank Chain and, uh, and one of the Spank Chain models on the show, so I'm not saying that we've never talked about dildos, but yes, this is the first time we've combined them with teppanyaki. I agree. And uh, do want to say thank you for listening. Also, that you should check out our Patreon. Uh, you, you're keeping us, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's definitely very helpful. Uh, you can go into Patreon, donating a little bit. Uh, we really appreciate it. And Brent, you want to explain about the you engine know what, tokens? Patreon members, if you want and you ask for it, I will post that picture on Patreon. There we go. My friends for verification. Now that's so, yes. I mean, I I feel like I need to donate to that as well. Like I want I want to see. That. I've never seen the picture. There you go. <laughs> but if you ask for it, it's coming out there. And also, if you're in Patreon, you get a cool little uh, engine token. Uh, the you know the first time you're uh, you end up being charged for your monthly contribution, you get a little engine token. It's got five engine that you can you can melt it down for five engine, but don't keep it because it's a little keepsake and it's got our logo on it and we're never making anymore so we only made 100 of them we've given out uh, i think somewhere around 20 uh, of them so somewhere in there we have i think 30 patrons but not everybody is claiming theirs so if you haven't claimed yours what's going on claim it and yeah there's a couple other little perks i try to put little funny things on there every now and then little behind the scenes things if i can so check out patreon and help us out help us stay afloat and Keep it basic. Finally, we are not financial advisors. Anything we said is just for entertainment. If you were wondering whether or not these idiots talking about teppanyaki sex toys had any idea what was going on in a cryptocurrency market, you now know that they don't. So you need to do your own research. You need to figure it out. All investments have inherent risk. And you should never invest more than you can afford to lose. Please consult a financial professional. And that's it. See you guys. Follow us on Twitter. Join our Discord. At Ruthless, at Crypto Basic Pod, at Brentity. Uh, I forget Kareem's, but uh, yeah, just uh, follow <laughs> He's Dr. us. Dr. Rungood, but he never posts. Dr. Rungood. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, until next week, see you guys. All right. Thanks, everybody. Mm-hmm.